There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome to Go Ask Alley, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Don't think that there's some one soulmate. It's not like there's one. Although Bon Jovi is my soulmate. (laughs) There's always exceptions. Are you saying that gossiping is the same as if I'm picking lice out of your scalp and eating it? Well, you've done both. So what do you think? I don't want to give her too much. I don't like her to come in with an inflated head. So we won't mention the Golden Globe. After all we've been through, we deserve an orgasm, sis. We deserve... I know. (laughs) Welcome to Go Ask Allie. I'm Allie Wentworth. And this season, I'm digging into everything I can get my hands on, peeling back the layers, and quite frankly, getting dirty. Today's topic is gossip. Digging into the history of gossip. Is it good? Is it bad? Has social media changed it? What does gossip really mean and how does it affect us? But before we go there, one of our listeners, Claudia, has emailed me a question about parenting her 10-year-old son. Okay, here we go. I don't want the choices we make now, meaning her and her husband, determine how we will relate to one another post-pandemic. I find that I'm harder on him, my son. I scold him more often and to an extent, I may be driving a wedge between us. My fear is that I'm shifting my parenting style during the pandemic and that once this is behind us, he's going to be used to seeing me as a parent who gives in more freely and willingly. Hmm, what to do? Oh, Claudia, that is such a good question. And I think so many people are dealing with this, including myself. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I can give you is when you find yourself being too hard on him and yourself, 
just take a breath, take a deep breath that always gives us a moment to de-escalate our anger, to check in with ourselves. And I mean, we're in a global pandemic, whatever the hell that means. And we have to be a little bit easier on ourselves and on our children. So for me, with my teenage girls, yes, they've seen movies that are probably not appropriate for them. Um, I let them on FaceTime till late at night. Their bedtimes have shifted, sometimes much later than usual. And I do it because I think that there is such an undercurrent of anxiety and stress and loneliness with our children that I think any way we can give them comfort, whether that be in the form of connecting with friends on social media or maybe needing to unplug by gaming or watching movies, it's okay. Um, I think it's all about self-care and care for our children. And if these things bring them comfort, then I say, let it be. So take a breath and maybe even try a little gaming with them. All right. Before I started this podcast, you know, I was thinking about just gossip in general and how much I enjoy it at times. I enjoy hearing it at times, how I get sort of excited about a tidbit and how in times it has been kind of the worst thing, whether I've been the butt of gossip or I have gossiped about somebody else and felt bad about it. And about two years ago, I went on a gossip cleanse, which means I didn't gossip for about three months. And it was actually really hard. And I realized how much gossip is used as currency in our day-to-day lives. It was definitely a challenge. And so I wanted to dig into the kind of roots of gossip and what kind of gossip does good and what kind of gossip is incredibly destructive, not only to ourselves, but to our society. And there is no better person to talk to me about gossip and gossip with me than my friend, Jess Cagle. Jess Cagle. Oh, he's a former editor-in-chief of People Magazine and editorial director of Entertainment Weekly. He is now the chief entertainment anchor and host of The Jess Cagle Show, a daily entertainment news and talk program on Sirius XM. He's also got his own podcast, The Jess Cagle Podcast on Sirius. He's appeared as a CBS news contributor and critic and co-host of ABC's Oscar Red Carpet Pre-Show. Listen, nobody knows gossip more than Jess. Hi, Jess Cagle. Hi, Allie Wentworth. How are you? Well, I'm excited to be here. I listen to your podcast all the time. Very informative, very funny. You're very sweet. (laughs) I'm fascinated by gossip. So I wanted to talk to you because you and I gossip all the time together. But besides that, you have actually, as an editor of People, and so much of what you do is deciphering what's gossip, what's not, what's purely entertainment news, and what is kind of salacious stories. So I wanted to start by talking about the roots of gossip, because originally, gossip was not a negative thing. Gossip was actually something that women did while they were dealing with childbirth, because back in the day, childbirth, there was like 20 people in the room, as opposed to now, where it's just a person giving you drugs and a husband. (laughs) Women, when they were, you know, holding hands and getting hot towels and everything, 
used to gossip as a way to sort of make the time go faster. And then it had a better positive spin because gossip became something that a close friend or sibling had with you, meaning they could tell you anything. So it was gossip was more about intimacy. And then it went to actually insulting. Yeah, it started. I mean, the word gossip comes from an old English word for godfather or godmother. And so it really, it's all about the intimacy. And there was a somewhat sexist evolution because it came to mean the women who helped with childbirth and it came to mean idle chatter, always with the assumption that women gossip more than men. And it was really a sharing of information. In fact, behavioral scientists will tell you men and women gossip exactly the same amount. You could probably make sweeping uh, generalizations that men and women gossip about different things. But if you define gossip as talk about other people, we all do it. We all do it constantly. Most of the time it's benign or neutral. And then there's also negative gossip and we can get into that as well. But the idea that we talk about other people stems from a need from our ancestors to convey information about the rest of the group. We as human beings live in these very large social structures. We can't know everyone ourselves. We can't always go to the source. And so we rely on gossip to survive. We rely on other people to tell us who's a cheater, who's good, who behaves this way, who behaves that way. And it's a survival mechanism. Right. And it's generally basically good. It serves a good purpose. Basically, what you're saying is that it can be used as a teaching tool for positive. Like, see that guy who cheated on his wife? Look what happened to him. Right. I was reading, which I thought was so fascinating, that for a while, men were really threatened by the fact that women were in these little gossip groups because they felt like they were going to create these acts of freedom and they wanted to shut them down, you know, because, you know, obviously talk is power and groups of women talking. And so this kind of female friendship and gossip ended up being witch hunts. Like literally women were burned at the stakes and they had this really medieval looking thing called a gossip bridle, which was like this metal Hannibal Lecter thing they would put over women's mouths if they thought they were gossiping too much, which by the way, if they existed today, George would have bought 10. <laughs> have you ever gotten in trouble gossiping? Like, has it ever, you've gossiped about somebody and it's gotten back to you? Oh, yeah. It's bad. It's humiliating. It's really bad. I remember a billion years ago, I was a kid, but I was having a conversation with a boss and I opened this conversation. Like, it was really bad. And so... I thought that this was horrifying, but also delightful. And I told people, well, eventually the boss got in trouble and I was then approached to talk to HR. And I said, you know, I feel really complicit in this. And so I feel awkward talking to HR. And she was like, well, you didn't have a problem talking to everybody else about it. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, I had to come clean. I learned a terrible lesson that you don't talk about your colleagues when I was 22 years old. I got in trouble. Ultimately, I, I did do the right thing. And ultimately, the boss was held accountable. That was gossip as a learning tool for you. Well, yeah, it was also really nasty, negative gossip <laughs> that I engaged in. And I learned not to do that at work. I think 
for a long time, I looked at gossip as currency. Mm -hmm. Like if you were socially anxious and you were at some kind of social soiree, you could use gossip as something to kind of create an intimate bond with somebody else. You know, kind of say like, oh, did you know that blah, blah, blah. And I remember when I was on In Living Color, Kim Wayans used to do the sketch where she played the woman that sits on the stoop in the city. And she'd always say, well, I'm not one to gossip, so you didn't hear it from me. But then she would go on and talk about everybody. Right. So anyway, I realized that it it actually wasn't currency and it did not create real intimate bonds at all. Because if I said something, it would get back to me. And I had sort of similar experiences like you did. So, you know, it came back to slap me in the face and I learned, wow, it's not about creating a bond. It's actually hurtful. We often think of gossip as only the negative gossip, when in reality, gossip is any kind of talk about other people. And it is currency. Like if I hear that so-and-so is about to become the president of NBC, well, that's good gossip to know. It's not harmful. Mm -hmm. It's we're trading information that if you work in the entertainment industry, that would be good information to have. Negative gossip, on the other hand, Besides being destructive, besides destroying reputations, when you're talking to someone and you are describing someone else as a cheater, you're describing someone else as a slime ball, those words that you're using, the person listening actually ascribes those qualities to you. So it's not good for you either. However, engaging in gossip and trading information our bodies react positively to that. If we're trading information about other people in the group, biologically, our heart rate slows down, we become calmer. We are very evolutionarily designed to gossip. You just have to be careful about what you do, what you gossip about. I did actually read somewhere that it actually does help calm the body, which I'm shocked because it actually makes me rev up. Because think about it. When you have such a salacious piece of gossip on somebody, and I'm being completely honest, there is something very titillating and exciting about calling somebody that will appreciate that piece of gossip. Yes. It just is. Well, you get revved up, but then when you actually share that gossip, your body calms down. There must be some kind of activity in the prefrontal cortex of our brains. There has to be. Absolutely. Listening to particularly negative gossip, you're talking about someone who is engaged in really aberrant behavior. It actually stimulates the part of our brains that is designed to decipher complex human behavior. It literally does excite part of our brains. Right. Why do you think we like it so much? Why do we do it so much now? I'm not talking about back when I was birthing babies. And I have all my cousins in the room. But now we still trade on it. We still love it. I mean, listen, sometimes I hear stuff I can't wait to call you and tell you. I think it's because that's what our ancestors did. It is literally in our DNA. And it's still just as necessary today as ever. I mean, we have many, many different venues of getting gossip. I can you know, get a phone call from you and hear something about someone in our group or a celebrity or whoever, but also we depend on gossip to survive. Look, there's a reason that Rotten Tomatoes and Yelp are such 
successful platforms because those are literally all of us sharing information with ourselves. There's something about that that it's necessary for society to survive. Mm -hmm. Imagine if we all lived in a tunnel. We didn't know anything about our neighbors, right? That's actually a dangerous place to be. Yeah. We've been talking about more how gossip affects us personally and what we do in our groups. So now let's we open it up to there's still a rabid appetite for gossip about people we don't even know. Yeah. And so I want to take us into the world of celebrity, which is a place where you swim, because I'm fascinated by, and you have, I know, a lot of knowledge about this, how very early on in like 1911, that's when this new slew of fawning magazines like Photoplay and Screenland, and these were all created only to be publicity machines for early stars, right? Like, look how pretty, look at this. But they have changed since then. And there is this young New York newspaper man named Winchell. He apparently was the one that brought gossip into mainstream media. So he was the one that sort of crossed that line of taboo and started getting all the dirt on the rich and famous and the powerful and people ate it up. And a lot of people that study gossip say, well, that was the great leveler. Gossip about the rich and famous was a way for society to go, oh, see, they have problems. You know, it doesn't matter class, race, or gender. We all face suicides and affairs and this, that, and the other. But in the world of celebrity, that turned, right? It absolutely turned, but it turned really early on. As soon as America established, you know, its own gods and goddesses, its own royalty, which were movie stars originally. Because we don't have a royal family. We created our own and there's some need to do that. I mean, human beings are designed to live in groups. We look for social hierarchy. Then along came Hollywood and then along came the media. And when we know intimate details about another human being, it doesn't matter how we know that. It doesn't matter if we know that from TV and magazines, it doesn't matter if we know that because this person is our neighbor and we look at them over the fence. Our brains are telling us that that person is socially important to us. Mm -hmm. So I know Mariska Hargaday through you, right? Forget the fact that she's a celebrity. I'm interested in her because I know her. I know who she's married to. I've met her kids. She's important to me. Right. She's also having a torrid affair. <laughs> is she? Let's get into that gossip. <laughs> But I also know intimate things about Jennifer Aniston, who I don't know, right? I know who she's married to. I know who she slept with. I know what water she drinks. I know her eating habits. You know who she slept with? We all know who she slept with. Just pick up the magazine. You know what I mean? We know surprisingly intimate details about her just because she's famous. Right. And we know who she was married to. That's one of the reasons that we gossip about celebrities. Our brains are telling us that they're important to us just because we know intimate details about them. So you don't think it's the other way around? You don't think it is? If I know negative stuff about Nicole Kidman, it humanizes her. It knocks her off her pedestal a little bit. It does that too. Yeah. There are many reasons. We look at celebrities with, uh, sometimes we aspire to be like a celebrity, we all got the Jennifer Aniston haircut back when I had hair. Mm -hmm. We all got that because we wanted to be like Jennifer Aniston. 
But at the same time, we envy people with status and we want to bring them down. You know, there's a, there's a reason that we are fascinated by celebrity death because, of course, death is the great leveler. Right. Also, divorce is the great leveler or, you know, a, a, an addiction is the great leveler. We revel in the fact that they're not better than us sometimes. You know, I think about gossip pre-social media. And I think about, you know, when gossip came out and ultimately broke the story of Ingrid Bergman's illegitimate child with director Roberto Rossellini. And then Ingrid Bergman didn't work for 10 years. Or, for example, how did this work? Rock Hudson is a homosexual, but that didn't really come out in any big public way. That was a nice piece of gossip that Hollywood was able to keep under wraps to protect kind of their own. Social media really did change all of that and also different standards of the media. I mean, there used to be a very clear distinction between legitimate news mm -hmm. and tabloid news. And, and the average person really knew the difference. There was something about the establishment papers like the New York Times that were very different than the National Enquirer. And everyone knew the difference. Right. Something happened. It was more probably in the 80s. It was actually a turning point when I believe the National Enquirer detailed thing about Nancy Reagan's affair with Frank Sinatra, which probably wasn't true. They were friends, but there was a lot of speculation around it because of a Kitty Kelly book that came out about Nancy Reagan. You probably know more about this than I do. But then the New York Times picked that up. And it probably wasn't the first time that that had ever happened. But it was a turning point where something that was in the tabloids then became mainstream news. And it was about a very important political figure. The National Enquirer actually broke a few things politically, which then it becomes a gray area of what's true and what's not true. Yeah. There's a lot more to come after this short break. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot. 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Welcome back. I want to talk about when you were uh, editor of People Magazine. There must have been such an influx of stories and information. And how did you decide? Did you have to fact check everything? Especially as the internet took off. The way that people distinguished itself was, you know, there was so much competition for eyeballs and clicks and readers and for print and and online that we really dug into people's the place you can trust. So a lot of times people was accused of being too celebrity friendly and carrying water for celebrities and all of that. And it was celebrity friendly because a big part of our business was we wanted celebrities to give us their baby photos. We wanted celebrities to give us their wedding pictures. We wanted to be the one celebrity magazine that celebrities would actually talk to and do interviews for. That doesn't mean we didn't piss them off all the time because if they got divorced, of course, we would cover it. Right. Or if they got caught doing something bad, we would cover it. However, that idea that you wanted to be the paper of record for celebrity news. And so, for example, if there was a pregnancy rumor that everybody was discussing, we wouldn't publish it until the woman herself confirmed it, right? Mm -hmm. So you hear people say a lot, oh, if there's a salacious piece of news about a celebrity, I immediately go to people.com to see if it's there. Because people won't publish it unless we are really sure that it's true. And so there must have been a lot of stories you turned down. Well, there was a lot of stories we waited on. Everybody knew Beyonce, for example, was pregnant for a long time. We waited until she confirmed it. She confirmed it by standing on stage and showing her baby bump. Then we would do it. Right. And so there were a lot of things that we waited on. I would say Caitlyn Jenner was a big one. Mm -hmm. Every single week in the National Enquirer, every single hour on the internet, there were photos saying that, you know, then she was known as Bruce Jenner, but all these photos saying Bruce Jenner has removed her Adam's apple. Bruce Jenner has is transitioning. And so we waited on that for the longest time until Caitlin actually confirmed it herself. Mm-hmm. So there are some times when we wait because we're not sure. And there are sometimes we wait out of respect for another human being. It must have been very curious for you. Did you find that you could really get a sense of people's appetite 
based on what kind of celebrity stories they wanted to read, or you must have gotten a sense of what the public loved based on who did well on a cover and who didn't. One of the big shifts that happened culturally, you know, I would say from the early 2000s or even back in the 90s when I worked at Entertainment Weekly, that movie stars really were movie stars. I mean, you could put Julia Roberts on a magazine cover and really not even have a story, but it would sell because people flocked to Julia Roberts. And then things really changed. But it had a lot to do with the constant flow of information because of the internet, but it also had to do with social media. And people really became much more interested in reality stars. And again, we know so much more intimate information about reality stars that we are therefore more interested in them. It goes back to our brains really being tickled by people that we know a lot of information about. So the Kardashians, of course, became so much more interesting to people than any movie star that they didn't know a lot about. What we discovered going into, I I would say, 2014, 15, 16, by then, it was Chip and Joanna Gaines. People really loved them, you know, the Magnolia people, the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. The royals were always fascinating for many, many reasons. But because Meghan and Harry shared so much information about themselves, they became the most interesting. So sharing information about yourself is not necessarily giving away the milk for free. It's actually tickling the public. Celebrities that are really good at social media and using their Instagram and sharing just enough to tickle the public's interest without totally whoring themselves out are the most effective celebrities at marketing themselves out there. If there were two magazine covers, not People magazine, any cover, and one was a positive cover about a, a wedding and happiness and love. And, and the other cover was a, you know, affair. He tried to hire someone to kill the wife. Which would sell more? I think it really depends on your audience. Generally, based on the universe of magazines that I would always keep very close track of, the positive story would. Well, that's good to know. It also depends on, you know, just because a story is positive doesn't mean it's not interesting. Right. But a positive story would just because people feel better about buying it. And the other thing to factor in there is if you're running a magazine, how do the advertisers feel about it? I think people revel in dark gossip, too. I mean, you think of why crime stories go on and on. You think about how the gossip of people you don't know who maybe the guy murdered his wife and everybody has an, oh, I think he did it. My biggest thing now is like every drama now has a naked missing teenage girl. (laughs) But so any local crime or anything, any dark sort of undercurrent gossip is also seems to be like wildfire too, just as much as a positive. Birth and death are the two, you know, major human events. And so when we know something about the way someone died, That's very interesting to us. People who die are very interesting to us. True crime actually beats just about any celebrity news. Really? I would say a great true crime story on a magazine cover or even on, you know, an internet website 
that's going to get more clicks than, you know, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez getting back together again. It's all about speculating the outcome then. It's all about our opinion of what happened with the crime. It's, it's, I hate to say it, especially with true crime, because, you know, people get hurt, but it's entertainment because we imagine ourselves in that situation. Right. So as we read that story, you know, what would it feel to go through that? What would I do in that situation? It's also, we're fascinated by aberrant human behavior. Right. We are wired genetically, evolutionarily to look out for that. And so when we hear about the guy that killed his wife and kids, that is horrifying to us. It's also really interesting to us. There's part of us that feels like we need to know about this because this could happen to me. This could happen to someone who's important to me. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com and we're back i remember sort of time i dealt with gossip in any mainstream way because the gossip i had always been enmeshed in before when i was younger was just 
localized gossip, meaning people I knew. And it wasn't until I married George Stephanopoulos that I first was confronted with that kind of mainstream gossip. And the New York Post wrote a story that George and I were getting divorced. I've never been sort of accused of something so wrong. Also, I was never sort of in the public eye. Nobody would have cared, you know, who I was dating or what was going on. There's been no interest. Did George not tell you that you were getting divorced? Was that the problem? No, he didn't. I mean, I got I got a letter from my lawyer, but I didn't think to open it. I thought it was just more criminal stuff that I had to pay. No, I was shocked. I was like, wow, you you really can write whatever you want, whether it's true or not. And, you know, I didn't deal with it well. But my point was, I didn't really understand that side of gossip until I was the subject of it. It was kind of painful and shocking. And it made me, after that, look at tabloids and stuff with a different eye. Whereas before, I used to love to believe them. Like, I bet there are aliens inside Dolly Parton's uterus. But now, I became much more skeptical and much more like, oh, they they lie. But we had touched upon the internet and how the internet has completely changed gossip. But, I mean, gossip found another place to roost when when politics and social media came into play. So, you know, Matt Drudge, he started spreading rumors about President Clinton's extramarital affairs. And soon that became mainstream news. Yeah. So I think gossip is now weaponized politically because you can put stuff out there that's a total lie and pure gossip and people are going to believe it or it's going to get sort of embedded in their brain. And it's, to me, scary. I mean, that's sort of how fake news is created. The biggest dangers to our civilization is that the Facebooks and Twitters of the world really are doing nothing to keep it in check. And I don't know what they could do. And certainly if they did, it would probably find other places to live and be shared and thrive and, you know, spread like a cancer. There's an interesting scene in Notting Hill. Remember when Joy Roberts goes to the door and all the photographers are there and she's upset and Hugh Grant says, it'll just be trash tomorrow. People throw those papers away. And she says, no, those newspaper clippings are filed away. And then it comes up every time. You will never be able to escape any scurrilous rumor, even if it's completely made up. It sticks to people. And that is really, to me, that's really sad. As a magazine editor, watching people get saddled with these things that were absolutely untrue was incredibly disturbing to me. And it made me not want to be part of that problem. But you can say anything now. I mean, Trump was a a master of it. He would define someone as a certain way or say something that was absolutely untrue, but half the country would believe it. I have all kinds of issues with social media. I think there's great things about it. I think there's horrible things about it, but I do worry that gossip in social media, I mean, it's kind of like a wildfire that gets out of control and it gets so out of control, you don't know what's true or not anymore. You could just call somebody a pedophile and there's no accountability, you know, and this is, and I'm just talking about gossip, which, you know, I think leads to a lot of fake news, but even just gossip for gossip's sake destroys lives. And, you know, for me, it's terrifying. And I think social media is just gas on the fire. Yeah. So I do worry about that. And unfortunately, 
we as human beings really like to hear what we want to hear. Yeah. So, for example, I mean, Fox News is the perfect example of that. They tell people what they want to hear and they reinforce that often with scurrilous facts. Right. Although, you know, they they say that MSNBC and other cable outlets do exactly the same thing. You're right. And they they actually do. Here's what I wish would happen. Every newspaper in the country would get rid of their editorial page. Huh. I don't think that opinion has a place in news because it ends up tainting all of the great reporting, all the great reporters at the Wall Street Journal, for example, to me, are tainted by the editorial page. I don't trust the management of the paper. People on the other side of the aisle would say the exact same thing about the New York Times because there are just so many angry polemicists uh, on the left writing editorials for the New York Times. It really does make you think everybody at that organization is giving you information through a certain lens, when in reality, they're not. I mean, every single journalist in the world has their own political, religious beliefs. But a real journalist, they're going to put that aside. They're going to honor their duty to give you the news as objectively as they possibly can. But so putting news aside and putting, you know, whatever political party you are involved in aside, one could say that gossip, not political gossip, human gossip is actually the one thing that everyone can share. You know, that if J-Lo and Ben Affleck are hooking up, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or a fascist, that is interesting to everybody. Absolutely. And that's what's valuable about gossip. Yeah. Behavioral scientists who've really studied our interaction with gossip will tell you that most of what we gossip about is really neutral or even benign. Mm -hmm. And so if you're at a family Thanksgiving with your crazy uncle, what do you want to talk about politics or do you want to talk about Ben and JLo hooking up? Or how did Scarlett Johansson keep her pregnancy a secret for so long? These are things that you can all talk about. They're not necessarily negative, but they're a way for us to bond with each other. I mean, there was one evolutionary psychologist who said gossiping is to humans what grooming is to primates. They get information by grooming each other. They bond by grooming each other. And we do that with gossip as human beings. It doesn't matter if it's about our neighbors or if it's about, you know, a celebrity. So are you saying that gossiping is the same as if I'm picking lice out of your scalp and eating it? Well, you've done both. So what do you think? Are you calling me a gorilla? <laughs> I think in, it is the, the big denominator. So let me ask you this. What do you like to gossip about? The things that I will gossip most about are when somebody does something completely aberrant. Like, you know, you read this stuff about Army Hammer, for example, who I know a little bit, always seemed like a very nice guy, but you read the stuff about him and you then you start trying to pick it apart. And I can try to pick that apart with absolutely no extra information. Like, okay, why would he send somebody a tat saying, I'm going to eat you? Like, what, what is that about? I don't think he's actually a cannibal. So why does he do that? What is it in his background? I want to know more about his parents. Where did he come from? 
What's he going to do? What's the problem? Is he going to go to rehab? When somebody does something, I like to dissect, where did this come from? I want to know what's true and what's not in all the gossip and the reporting, but I also want to know what is it in their background that brought them to this point. But at the end of the day, now, for somebody who doesn't know Army Hammer, all I can think of is he's a cannibal. If I ever meet him, I'm going to be scared he's going to take a good bite out of my left breath, <laughs> whether it's true or not. I kind of think, too, I mean, back when I said about Rock Hudson, there was a time pre-internet and everything where, you know, politically there were gay men in the White House, where in Hollywood there were gay men and women and people with all kinds of gossip-worthy stuff that was kept under wraps. And now it's impossible. It's made up or not made up. There's no protecting gossip. But there's also, you know, the fact that the media became more independent from the White House, the fact that it became more independent from Hollywood was really a good thing. It was a good thing that, you know, the media didn't exist just to issue press releases. Was it really all that healthy that the media kept John F. Kennedy's affairs to itself and can helped him keep them secret? I don't know, because in fact, John F. Kennedy was probably putting national security in danger with all of these affairs and and one kind of connected him to the mob and all of those things. Would it have been good to know about that? And would it have been even better for him to be afraid of that getting out and therefore check his behavior, which is one of the values of gossip and why it is a human behavior that has lasted so long ever since our, you know, fur covered ancestors, because Fear of being found out that you did something wrong actually keeps people in check morally. Don't you think, too, I mean, while we're dissecting the Kennedys, things like Marilyn Monroe's death, I mean, like unsolved cultural mysteries are also fodder for gossip forever. Yeah, an unsolved mystery, particularly around death, particularly around the death of a famous person. Well, I mean, look, the, the assassination of Kennedy, Marilyn Monroe. All of it, yeah. Those are the main ones, yeah. Okay, so that's what you like to gossip about. I think it's important to note, because it was brought up earlier, that Jess Cagle loves Notting Hill. It's his favorite movie. Can't have a conversation without it. I actually wanted to see if we could get through the podcast without you referring to it, but you did. I thought it was super relevant to our conversation. It is very relevant, but it is your favorite movie, and it is referred to many, many times. What's your favorite line from Notting Hill? It's everybody's favorite line. I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's the other great line, nice try, when Julia Roberts tries to get the cookie by telling how terrible her life is, and they all laugh at her. Mm -hmm. She's a movie star. Nothing's better than her face at the press conference when he asks the question, how long will you be staying indefinitely? We We could talk about it forever. Yeah, we could. Okay, now it's my turn for the hot seat. What do you gossip about? Well, I'm trying to think because like celebrity gossip isn't that interesting to me because first of all, it's everywhere. I think I fall more into the gossiping about people we know because again, there is some kind of a moral lesson in it, whether it's good or bad. So that kind of stuff is more, oh my God, do do you know this happened or that happened? You know, one of the lessons I've learned early on is that gossiping in a way that would blow up a family or that, you know, that's not good. That's hurtful. 
my teenage daughter, Elliot, has scolded me in gossiping about kids. Mm. She's like, grownups should not gossip about children. And I'll tell you a tale. So Elliot was in middle school or high school. And another parent made up something about her, which is completely untrue. And so made up this gossip and was basically telling Elliot's friends about it. And I lost my mind because that's when it really hit me that no adult person should gossip about children. And I got really upset and I wrote a very angry email to the mother about how she shouldn't be doing that, to which she answered she was going to call the school and tell them I was bullying her. <laughs> I said, we can do that, but then tell them why I'm bullying. You know, it just became like a crazy thing. But that was a situation where I felt I needed to step up as a parent and go, this is not okay. So kids are off limits. I don't like to gossip about affairs and stuff like that. Although people getting divorced is a big one, I think, for married people in my age bracket, because that again is like, oh my God, why are they getting divorced? Could this happen to us? Are we having those problems? Sure. Again, it goes back to the, the way we're wired. It goes back to our DNA. You are tickled by uh, you know, an event or or people or behavior that could affect you. Right. Is this could this happen to me? Are we okay? Are we and again, that's probably healthy. I'm tickled by really affluent behavior because whether it's Donald Trump or whether it's reporting on a movie star or whether it's someone in my neighborhood, I need to know why they're doing that. There's something in me that needs to know why is that happening? If I said to you, hey, there's this guy in town and he was taken to the emergency room because he had a toaster up his ass, you would be all over that. We can talk about that for six hours. Whether it's true or not. Right. It's just, what does that mean? Why did he do it? How big was the toaster is an enormous part of that. Was there toast in it? <laughs> was it plugged in? Yeah. Was it hot? Did he insert it himself or did someone else do it? Oh, God, I wish that was true. That's, those are just sort of human interest gossip, which, you know, I think I can say the majority of people, that's the kind of gossip they really love because it makes you kind of dissect it another way. Yeah. Jess Cagle, as soon as we sign off, I have something to tell you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for talking about gossip. I love your podcast. I love you. Thanks for having me on. I think gossip is here to stay. I think, unfortunately, because of social media, God knows where it's going to go. It's going to get worse. And earlier I talked about my gossip cleanse. I don't think you have to go to that extreme. I think there's always going to be an appetite for gossip. I think what we have to ask ourselves is when we use gossip as a tool that could potentially hurt people, tis a bad thing. And I think when gossip is just innocuous celebrity stuff, I think it's actually okay. But there is kind of a moral checkpoint one has to go through when deciding if it's something that is worth perpetuating. And I will leave you with this, though. Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott are pregnant with their second child. Do with it what you will. Thank you for listening to Go Ask Allie. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and follow me on social media, on Twitter at Allie E. Wentworth and on Instagram at The Real Allie Wentworth. 
Now, if you'd like to ask me a question or suggest a guest or a topic to dig into, I would love to hear from you. And there's a bunch of ways to do it. You can call or text me at 323-364-6356, or you can email a voice memo right from your phone to goaskgallypodcast at gmail.com. If you leave me a message, you may hear it on Go Ask Allie. Go Ask Allie is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. I'm late. I'm late. Very important Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourist and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.